Welcome to Art Biz Talk, where we speak to visual artists and art professionals about creative entrepreneurship and give you the behind-the-scenes experience of how they've built their art business. Austin artist Candace Pierce spent 15 years as a commercial interior designer. In 2021, she left her corporate job and has now been working as a full-time artist since. As a landscape painter, she often works in plain air. Candace shares her connections to nature, where she often travels for inspiration. Professionally, Candace is building her art practice to include several income streams through offering originals, prints, and educational classes. On today's episode, Candace shares her first couple of years of working as a full-time artist and entrepreneur. Hey, Candace, thanks for being on ArtPiz Talk. Uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Let us know where you're um, coming in from and share a little bit about your background. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So I am an artist in Austin, Texas. I've been here about 13 years and recently transitioned from being a full-time interior designer in the corporate world to being a full-time artist. Wow. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. yes. Well, I I love this story of having had a previous career, especially in the creative field, and then really choosing what sounds like your dream and your passion that uh, you're actively pursuing now. So tell us what was going on in your life to decide, hey, I want to pursue art full time. Were you doing it as you were also being an interior designer? And then you decided to kind of flip flip to flip your focus or was it a new passion? Oh, let's see. Well, I'll start maybe at the beginning. Uh, I've always loved art since Mm -hmm. literally since Mm pre-K. I used to play, I'd either draw or I would play with building blocks. So Mm -hmm. I think it was natural that I went into both art and interior design. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I went into interior design because I thought, okay, this is the, the stable creative job. This is Mm -hmm. how I can have a long productive career and just, you know, be happy being creative too. Um, and then fast forward 15 years later and COVID hits, you know, mm-hmm. and that's changing a lot of things for a lot of people and myself included, we all went remote and then I ended up um, going on a furlough for an extended amount of time. And that ended up opening my eyes to, okay, what should I do in the meantime? That makes me happy. You know, we're all stuck at home. So mm-hmm. I started to draw again and, um, I'd drawn and painted all along. I think I took classes at a local place called Laguna Gloria uh, in Austin. They offer all types of art classes. And I would take those um, maybe once or twice a year. And whenever I left those classes, I always felt like I could go, like just felt recentered and happy. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I dabbled with art and then I started to offer portrait commissions during COVID mm-hmm. and interest grew and things started to just snowball. And I thought, man, maybe there's something to this and I should try it. I've got time. Mm-hmm. So I started to build my website and then I learned how to make prints. And then I basically spent 2020 and 2021 kind of setting up the business and learning all the things that I didn't know or trying <laughs> to learn them. I'm still learning. I hope I never of stop course. learning. Uh, and then I went full time in, let's see, I think it was 2021, September of 21. So mm-hmm. it's been a big, exciting roller coaster of fun. Yes, that's so awesome. So um, when you, I see in your background, if you're watching on, on YouTube, you can see your work in the background. It looks like a lot of nature and landscapes. Are you just still doing portrait work? <laughs> I do on occasion. I don't really advertise it much, um, mm-hmm. but I, I do still offer some commissions. And I think at some point I'll probably come full circle back to portraits. Um, 
I'll have to show you sometime. One of the very first paintings that I did that was large, that was four feet by five feet. I showed up to one of the classes at the Laguna Gloria in Austin and it's called, it was called painting large. So I thought, okay, I'm going to bring a giant canvas. And I walk in <laughs> with this four feet by five foot canvas and <clears throat> everybody else has got canvas, you know, 16 by 20 inches. And I'm like, well, well here I am. Yes. Um, but anyways, it was of my grandparents in the fifties. And it was an old photograph that was about four inches by four inches. And I wanted to translate it to this huge painting portrait type thing. And I love it. And it mm -hmm. kind of flipped me on fire back then during my interior design career. And I thought, okay, this is my passion. I need to keep it up. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, I think I'll come back because I really enjoy painting old photographs. Mm -hmm. I've been slowly collecting them. So I see mm -hmm. something happening at some point in the future. With That's those. so fun. I also really, really love large scale work and which we oftentimes will see with gallery focused artists um, and less so with with um, artists that are selling their work. Um, and I would love to just see more artists work in such a big scale because I also right now have a very large empty wall that I would love to fill with like an almost floor to see ceiling painting. Um, so yes, I, I love I love that you went big on your in your first um, few paintings. So tell us what type of work you're doing uh, today, what kind of things that you're offering in your art business and how you make money from your art. Wow. Well, today I'm focusing mostly on places that I've traveled because mm -hmm. I, for me lately, art and travel have gone hand in hand. Basically, mm -hmm. I travel to paint and I paint to travel. Love that. And I am just really inspired by the connection that I find with a place or with the people mm -hmm. in a place. And I also find that if I can portray those moments that were special to me and I show them out at festivals or shows or wherever I am, Mm -hmm. that most of the time I will meet someone that also has connected with a place, either that place in particular, and we can share stories or something yeah. very similar. Mm -hmm. And to me, that makes it all the more special. Like the fact that if someone purchases a piece and they're thinking of something that made them happy or whatever, for whatever reason, it's special to them. Like that's what it's about for me, because mm -hmm. that's why I'm painting the things, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the one behind me, I got up with a few friends in January and we were out in West Texas and I am not a morning person. I'm <laughs> traditional creative in that sense, but we got up before the sun was even peeking over the mountains and drove out and saw the most magical sunrise. And it was totally mm -hmm. worth it. And that's forever going to be a memory I have. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to, to share that with people. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like how I've been building my art business, I think prints have been a huge, um, they've been a huge source of income over the last couple of years. And I'm hoping to build that like passive stream so I can do fun things, mm -hmm. you know, like continuing to paint and explore. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to find that balance. And then I've also been teaching workshops, both corporate and I've started to dabble into public workshops, which are a little bit of a different arena. Mm -hmm. um, and then you long term, like a community center or art center, or what do you so, mean? When yeah, the corporate ones, I've been going on location. So normally they've had either their office or I've partnered with them. Met Gal in town. Those have you know, kind of been roaming, just depending mm -hmm. on what people needed. And then I partnered with a business across the street. Luckily, there's a, a corporate office. And I met them through a studio tour, Austin Studio Tour, a couple yes. of years ago. And we stayed in touch. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, could I you know, maybe teach some workshops, give you guys some spots, or we do some kind of trade. Mm -hmm. And they've been so supportive of my art studio. So I've been partnering with them to teach a few public workshops. And then I also hope to, um, since I love to travel and paint and I've gotten 
into a habit of taking my watercolor sketchbook out with me. Mm -hmm. I think I want to do a plein air workshop series and get people out and yes. you know, let's go have some fun in nature and doodle and paint and just let's go to Marfa and paint yeah. sceneries, right? Oh my it's, word. It's That's coming. So cool. That's it's awesome. Coming. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I love that you have multiple sources of income in terms of your prints are, do you, to make it passive, is it automated yet? Or are you still manually dealing with each print? How did you kind of overcome that, that, that hurdle? Yes. I'm still working through my systems because right now a lot of my print sales occur in person. Mm -hmm. I have a website for mm -hmm. sure. And that is definitely picking up as my audience is growing slowly mm -hmm. and steadily. Um, but mostly if it's below a certain size, 16 by 20 or smaller, I print it in the studio because mm -hmm. I've found that that's been the most economical way for me to do things. Mm -hmm. And then I have a couple of partners outside of my studio that I work for large shops. That's so awesome. right now it's in house and I hope like big picture, I hope to have a larger studio one day with much more space mm -hmm. and to have a, a print area, maybe shared with artists or on my own and to have a small team. Mm -hmm. That would be the dream because I really enjoy talking to people and I do miss that from my corporate days. Yes. So I think Art, that would be a good balance. Being an artist can be a lonely job sometimes, right? It can. I get really yeah. excited when someone's like, Hey, do you want to grab lunch or dinner? And I'm like, yes. yes. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. given that you on the professional side of your art business have really been doing this about two years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, thinking back like the first few months, even the first year, what like what hurdles did you have to overcome? What could you maybe borrow from your experience as an interior designer um, that was very applicable to your art business? Oh, man. I am glad that I had the, that time as a designer because I think it allowed me to learn how to communicate with people, how to partner on teams, um, to start to interact with other businesses and mm -hmm. lean into their strengths. And mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things I learned as a designer was that it's okay to not be the best at everything. You have a team for a reason. So lean into your strengths. Yes, and absolutely. Lean into your supports. Um, that doesn't say that I can't grow and learn those things, but it's yeah. okay if I'm not good at everything. Absolutely. And you should spend time on your creative genius. Why, why learn how to be a perfect at shipping or marketing when that isn't yeah. your zone of genius? Um, have somebody who's great at it and who would be super thrilled to be in that role. Uh, be a support to you because then you also get, can do more work or you can reach out to more opportunities that interest you and and sell your work yeah exactly so I think I've been learning trying to learn enough where I understand the things that are happening whether that was bookkeeping or taxes or whatever the thing was oh, yeah. I wanted to our favorites to, uh, yeah to be <laughs> dangerous with that but ultimately I want to have you know, team members or consultants that I can pass those things off to. I just wanted to yeah. try to, to learn what I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I was in the phase of, I know what I know and that's all that I know. Yeah. That's okay. But I'm trying yes. to broaden the, the yeah. information I had. That's um, so I think that was a bit of a hurdle, like just being in that, because I didn't necessarily plan long-term, you know, I didn't spend years thinking, okay, I'm going to open up a fine art business. And I'm going to completely leave this other career that I've spent you know, 15 years developing, mm -hmm. that was not really in the cards. And I'm so glad that it, I would never like change anything now. Mm -hmm. I love it. But um, what that meant is that I left a little more, like normally I'm a planner. Like if right. I'm the one that, that friend that 
if we're going on vacation, I'm going to find 17 things that we could do. And then we can pick the three that we like. Yes. But I'm pretty organized. And yeah. um, so that was a bit of a leap of faith for me, but it felt right all along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard work. I'd say being an artist is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but there definitely have been challenges of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And second guessing yourself. And I think the money mindset for me was a switch because I grew up in a household, you know, we had a beautiful home, but my parents weren't necessarily art collectors. We would yep. go to, you know, Hobby Lobby or wherever, like my mom wanted to shop, which is, you know, <laughs> to eat their own, you do you. But because of that, I was never really around anyone that priced art or priced their work in a creative capacity. Mm-hmm. So I think I had a mental shift of, it's okay if people don't, you know, if my art is not their fit or it's out of their budget or Absolutely. I want everyone to have art, but right. it was definitely mental gymnastics where now... I don't take things personally. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, wow, you know, or that's how much art costs and that's okay. You know, yes. I'm happy to, to share more about yes. that. Yes, absolutely. You. And that's when you have an opportunity to, to invite people to, you know, buy a print or something. That's something that would be a little bit more affordable within their budget. Um, I totally get that because art is art pricing is very subjective and it's certainly one of the primary conversations that I have with my clients um, and, and many people struggle to figure out their right pricing and there's so many things to consider. So there is no one perfect answer, but you do just need to pick one, stay with it for a while, get, see how things, um, you know, sell, get feedback from, from buyers and then you will you will learn how to adjust your pricing. And it is one thing that will consistently change, which I love um, as an artist. You really have this potential to increase the, the value of your work by the activities that you do versus if somebody is just selling one good, the price of that will likely not change significantly you know, over time, probably because of the, the recession and different things like that, economy, um, inflation, but that opportunity with artists is so much bigger because you could do a really important gallery or residency or an important collector um, finds your work and it can go from a few thousand dollars to many, many, many thousands of dollars or even more. That to me is crazy and and fun as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's both exciting. Yes. Yeah, I keep telling people I'm in the, I'm super excited and moderately terrified phase. Yes, you know, well, that's a good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's that stretching us, it right? Yes. Yeah, but I agree yes. with uh, what you're saying about pricing. It's like I've slowly increased it over time. And now I'm yep. at a point where I, I feel good about the pricing that I'm paying myself a living wage. And right. you know, things that just, when you sit down and do the math, you're like, wow, I, I was, you know, doing art for, so little uh, mm-hmm. when I first started, which is mm-hmm. was fine, but I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm trying yeah. to push myself like always a little bit out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Pricing. That's just good. Slightly, just where I'm like, yes. hmm. because yeah. then I, I feel like I should test it because why not? You know, the worst that could happen is I can come back into my comfort zone, but why not like continuously mm-hmm. push? Cause you'll never know if you don't try. You don't get, if you don't ask. Right. <laughs> and many and artists first- won't even ask for the sale you know, when they're speaking with somebody or acknowledging somebody if they're in a one-on-one situation. But yes, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that you're, you know, kind of jumping in the deep end of the pool, so to speak, and just figuring things out, borrowing from your experience to make this work for you. And, and that's what I also really just love about creative businesses is that you can adapt 
um, a business around your lifestyle versus trying to like make one formula work because I've known too many artists and it just doesn't work long-term. So having that freedom to create and explore and experiment while still borrowing these uh, tried and true um, business practices um, will catapult you forward. So awesome. I love that. So I did see on your Instagram that a few months ago you went to Paris for a retreat, an artist retreat. Um, could you tell us about that experience? Sure. That was a wonderful experience for me. It was actually part of a year-long mastermind program that I was in with an artist named Emily Jeffords. Mm-hmm. And I had done one of her other educational opportunities the year before, which had maybe a thousand people in it. And this group had 22 so it was much more compact and we focused mostly most of the year on really bonding with each other and learning business practices. And while we did do some creative like painting and fun things together in Paris, a lot of it was just talking and being with community and truly mm. feeling like you fit in a place. It's like, wow, this person's done this. And I feel like I'm one of the newer into the art career of that group. So I was mm. just trying to be a fly on the wall and absorb everything that I could. But we spent about 10 days together mm-hmm. and the retreat was only a few days, but we all were like, let's go early and, you know, yeah. bond more. Um, so it was wonderful. Yeah. We would walk the streets of Paris and then go to museums and chat. I mean, 20,000 steps a day kind of walks so yes. and business conversations every step of the way for the most part. So mm-hmm. it was just so fulfilling and to be able to travel out of the country and some artists were from Australia, some were from the U.S., some were from the U.K., so it was just really interesting to meet people from all over, mm-hmm. and you realize that there's a lot of us out there. Yes, there are. Look. Yes, mm-hmm. that is right. That's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, and as a fellow traveler, um, I love that uh, you were able to do both that you love and connect with people from all around the world. So I feel like I heard you say you might be interested in hosting a retreat or at least a multi-day um, art-related event. Have you considered having that be essentially an income uh, uh, source for you or a community building source? Oh, 100%. Because I've been teaching workshops, like I said, and I love I always start my workshops by saying, I'm going to demo this and teach this today. But my number one goal is for people to have creative play. So if you want to paint a hot pink puppy and you don't want to paint this botanical, you go right ahead. And it always starts like, because it sets the tone and people just are like, okay, I can just have fun and kind of relax. And I want to translate that to a retreat where people, obviously we're going to have goals and learn things and talk about things, but they also just have freedom to play because I don't feel like we play enough you know, yeah. especially as adults. So yes, I definitely want to do retreats. I think I'm planning to start small, probably regionally to do like a short weekend, but mm-hmm. with a full intent to go abroad because mm-hmm. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about before, like the creative lifestyle, like I truly feel like as an artist, I could design the lifestyle that I want. Yes. I think I'm trying to make very intentional decisions. Yes. And for me, like I said, travel and art are very much intertwined. And like right now I've been painting West Texas, but I totally want the freedom to paint wherever the French Alps right (laughs) because why not and people go there people connect and um or people want to go there and if they can't they want the painting on the wall (laughs) exactly so and I'm really interested also in partnering with other either local businesses here and taking people abroad or connecting with locals in the place 
mm-hmm. because I think that there's a lot of ways that we can play like yes with painting and art but also let's let's cook together or mm-hmm. yoga or whatever the thing is but to mm-hmm. really make it a well-rounded um retreat mm-hmm. so I fully yes and I have a there's a few companies that are offering um partnerships with artists so I know I, I was I meant to tell you after this uh our our podcast about some of those because I know multiple um artists that are essentially traveling overseas but the logistics and organizational part is done by this other company and um yeah. it's a paid opportunity and I think you get free lodging you I think you probably have to pay for your own flight but um it's another revenue stream and you don't have to deal with the complicated part. <laughs> exactly. So it sounds yeah. like a dream. I know a yeah. few artist friends that are, they might be the same company that yes. they're planning trips later for this year and next year. And yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. how's, how's it going? Yeah. And, and I actually, it, I have it bookmarked. I don't remember the exact name, but I will pop it into the show notes um, for those of you um, that are listening, because what I loved about that is I was checking last year and I noticed that a bunch of the events for this year had already been pre-booked. So that also is just some a great evidence that your skills are desirable. It's money. You know, I don't know how they release their money, but it's, it's, you know, you're going to get paid and it's something that you can um, share and with other artists and, and bring, bring your community to. And if you are, passionate about doing them you can do more than one right. in different places like <laughs> yeah sounds like a dream to me too so I'd love to go back to your art and learn if you uh, work in a series or a collection or a theme and then how do you choose to release it is it a one by one or do you release a collection at a time help me understand how you how you plan to do those types of things uh, yes uh, so right now I'm working in a large collection it's my largest collection to date Mm-hmm. to be determined how many pieces it will have. Um, okay. But basically I applied for a few juried shows that are coming up very soon in April uh, mm-hmm. out of town, not expecting to get into either. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to worry about it. If it happens, it happens. And then I got into two that are back-to-back weekends and I had submitted the same body of work for oh. both. You have to show examples of what you would show. So I'm getting lots of West Texas for those two shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's been fun um, actually working on multiple and multiple large pieces at one time because it allows me to kind of bounce back and forth and then also step back and say like, okay, what is it that's missing or what can I add? Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. I think just to see a large body of work together at one time, it, it feels really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say I haven't painted, you know, a, a few at a time or even released one at a time. If I wanted, okay, I need a creative play moment. I'm going to venture off and paint that hot pink puppy or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think collections are probably how I will go moving forward, but I'll never say never, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. How do you create visibility and promote your work? Right now it's been um, social media for sure. I'm working hard to build my email list. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly and steadily growing. And then I also have work showing in a few places locally. So I try to get out and just meet people. Mm-hmm. And then I always find that I connect with folks when I do any type of festival or market. Mm-hmm. Last year, I said yes to almost everything. This year, mm-hmm. I'm, I've am i learned a lot based on mm-hmm. last year's experiences. So yeah. I'm narrowing the shows that I will be doing to ones that I felt like were a true, you know, good fit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I meet so many people there and then workshops too, actually. I always mm-hmm. feel like I connect with those people. And then sometimes I have them in the studio if they're small enough. Um, so people really get to see a peek you know, behind the curtain. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm hoping and I, I'm dipping my toe into the advertising world. That's new for me. It's like run mm-hmm. ads things, but I feel like that's something that I will, will explore more mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about the people that are buying your work? Let's see. I feel like mostly I've sold either to people I've known through my website because they had a mm-hmm. comfort level, but most of my uh, painting, at least original sales have been in person at shows. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've come after I've had a conversation with someone about, let me tell you about this painting. I was out on this road at this specific time of year. And they're like, oh, I've been there. And we had some connection mm-hmm. um, or it sparked a memory for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that's how those conversations have now naturally happened and I did have some surreal moments Uh, I was part of the Austin studio tour in the fall yeah and that was the first time I'd taken a lot of large pieces and painted a lot of large pieces all at the same time yeah and I had a few people I was lucky because I was downstairs and there were only a couple of us and I was with a potter and she was amazing but we had a ton of floor space and I had two or three different um, times throughout the weekend where people just came in and they just sat down on the floor and they're like I just want to sit and look at your art and I was that's like amazing. I'm crying. That's, a cr- that's a great compliment <laughs> yeah, I was just blown away and that happened yes. several times um mm-hmm. oh, it's just surreal like you're gonna that's sit wonderful. down and you just want to look yes. anyways I think that those are the moments that are really special to me because you know someone's truly connecting with yeah with your work yeah that's so wonderful um I was at the Austin studio tours but I think I missed your building you were at the cathedral I was yeah. I I did a few others and you know, if you've ever done a studio tour, um, it's it's fairly fast moving unless there's time for a conversation with the artist. But, you know, oftentimes they're two days long from, I don't know, 10 to five type um, hours. And many artists can get very overwhelmed with the amount of people that come through. <laughs> and I know that, you know, some artists had really checked out um, when people started walking into their studio, which is a bit of a shame because, you know, I think most people are looking for this connection point. So I think it's really wonderful that people invested time specifically with your work and in your space. Um, that's gold. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You are mentally, I'm, I'm pretty, I have a, a like couch veggie day after those oh, yeah. shows. Because- totally. You have to, because <laughs> you your, you're talking so much. Right. And that can be very draining, even though it can be exciting for some people, it can be very draining for other people. Uh, Having recovery time post show is certainly necessary. Yes. I think any large effort deserves that. I've talked with many artists and we're like, okay, you know, even if you're just painting and then you list your collection, that's great. But always build in intentional rest days afterwards, regardless of the outcome, you're celebrating. I, I've yeah. accomplished this thing and that's yeah. the goal and you know a celebration that's independent of like if I sell 10 paintings or one or none like mm-hmm. I'm still gonna have that yeah. time so have you considered um doing some of the larger commercial fairs that are really meant for fine art only so I will be in Main Street Fort Worth Festival which is a juried larger festival strictly mm-hmm. for artists and I'm that's one that I was super excited because they get a thousand applications and I applied in the emerging artist category. So I think there are less than 20 emerging artists, but maybe 220 
in the entire fair. So I, that's the one I was not expecting to get into. Mm -hmm. And then I have another one in the Woodlands, the Woodlands Waterway Festival. So both of those are juried mm -hmm. larger fairs. And then that'll be my first time doing a strictly like juried art fair that I feel like it's a the next level mm -hmm. um, of fair. So, mm -hmm. and one of them is two and a half days and the one in Fort Worth is four days long, which I've never done. So I'm luckily I've got help coming in for that one. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, very excited about those. And then immediately following those, I'm driving out to Marfa. Um, I have my first solo show out there. Oh, wonderful. May. Yeah, oh. Hotel Pisano. Nice. What date? Because do you know about the Marfa Invitational that happens the first week in May? I heard that. So I'm intentionally dropping off work. I think it's April 30th or whatever the weekend right before that starts. Yeah, I think it's May uh -huh. 5th through the 7th, if I remember correctly, because I'm considering going with with a, um, with an artist. Yeah, I wanted to intentionally try to be there or mm -hmm. have my work there. I won't. I'll have the concert that I think it's the same weekend. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm super excited about that uh, as well. But mm -hmm. so I feel like this year's I'm having some large you know, taking some large steps. Yes. So I'm good. super excited to see where they take me and also yep. planning to take off the last half of May to just kind of recoup after mm -hmm. four or five weeks of intense, really fun shows. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Well, congratulations on getting into those shows. That's really rewarding. So I hear a lot of storytelling as just naturally part of your printing process, your creative process, but also the way that you connect with your with you know the people that are um, viewing and also buying your work. So how are you taking this personal experience in person into the digital space, building relationships on your email list? Like how are you bringing storytelling into that part of the world? Yeah. So I try to share, I think I'm pretty good at sharing when I actually am traveling, especially with my watercolor sketchbook. And yes. I think that helps people connect. And when I do that, it's, I try to set five minute limit, you know, to painting. So it's just quick, like, let's take a moment, have fun, and then enjoy the rest of the hike. So it's not all about that because I really want to absorb wherever I am. So I try to share that with people and I feel like they're enjoying that. And then I also try to share bits and pieces of the painting process because I'm always interested as an artist, seeing how other people paint, because you learn so much just by observing others. Yeah. Not that I ever want to like copy or mimic someone, but you just know oh, different techniques or how they absolutely. approach. And um, I hope to share that with people, because that's the other thing I should mention that's been a huge shift um, for me. And maybe it was in my other industry and I just wasn't ever as aware, but mm -hmm because of the way that I started with these educational opportunities, specifically with Emily Jeffords, she sets the tone of we're all here to support each other. Yeah. I'm an open book. You're an open book. And we're all rising up together. And I think I've chosen to surround myself with artists that are of similar mindset, yeah. either in Austin or outside. And the fact mm -hmm. that I'm like, there's really not much proprietary. Like I own my work. I'm like, you know, it is mine. But other than that, like, I want to share like, oh, I use this printer, or I use this paper or this paint or, you know, I've learned all these things by trial and error or from other people. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason in my mind to like, to not share that with others. Yep. And in my other, you know, previous lifetime, I feel like it could get a bit competitive. And I, I think the art industry could if you let it in certain ways. But for me, I'm just, I get so much joy from sharing and mentoring or mm -hmm. just connecting with others and learning from them that I want that to be part of the process mm -hmm. forever and always for artwork. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's been very important 
to me. Yeah. Like it's definitely shifted my mindset and my, I don't know, state of mind about yeah. that. It's been more enjoyable. I love that. Um, I fully believe in collaboration over competition, even with people that do what I do professionally, because most likely uh, we don't say serve the exact same, um, you know, client. And there's so many artists that need help. Like there's no reason to uh, be super competitive in my mind. Uh, I'm also a win-win thinker. So I'm always looking for, um, different ways to collaborate with people. And quite frankly, what, when you work with like a business coach or somebody that's helping you develop the business side of your, your studio practice, sometimes it's not a good person fit and because for, for whatever reason. And so I think it's really important that you do find somebody that you connect with um, because you're going to get the most value from that relationship. And ideally it's a long-term relationship, um, right. you know? And so, yeah connect with people that you even if you need to meet somebody in person versus online or they have a certain teaching style or they have an expertise in a certain area absolutely i i think it's important to to find somebody who you admire and who 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 you believe can help you get to the next level where you're at in your in your creative journey yeah so i heard you say earlier that you are you used to be more organized. You're still bringing that organization into your business. Do you set goals regularly? Do you think of quarters? Uh, do you think about how much money you want to make um, every year, or every quarter, every month from your art business? Because art selling art can oftentimes be very seasonal. Uh, certain mm -hmm. times of the year, naturally, many artists make a, a majority of their money two to three months out of the year. Um, so how, how does that work for you? Yes, I'd say that's been an adjustment for me going from a regular paycheck every two weeks to learning those seasons. And I, since my business is still so fresh, I'm still figuring those out. Um, but for example, last year I learned that, you know, January to March is probably going to be slower time. Mm -hmm. This year I leaned into workshops and I've taught several workshops in the first quarter of the year to help yeah. balance that income so I could have, try to have a steadier income. Mm -hmm. dream world I would still be able to have some semblance of like a steady income throughout the year yeah and that's why I'm building those passive you know income streams Good. too like with the prints yep I'm really interested in licensing this is another thing I feel like the sky is the limit with art and there's so many opportunities that I've had to say okay put your blinders on we're going to do these two or three things we're going to knock them out of the park and then you can add this other thing um but again like this first quarter of the year has been a little bit slower in the sense of like income compared to say, you know, October to December of last year, which was yeah, crazy. Which is the prime art selling time. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm hopefully entering another phase of that with these shows and just, you never know who you're going to meet the conversations or what's going to happen after the shows. Um, so I'm trying to figure out the waves of that and then intentionally schedule, you know, if you need to rest, like this is a good time to rest or to play or yeah, you know, whatever that is. So, so good. Yeah, that's awesome. So in our last few moments together, um, I am curious if you have a favorite book that you would love to share with our audience um, about anything related to art or your art business mindset, all the things that you've mentioned. Man, there's so many. Um, I've been reading a couple, but let's see, Clockwork in Atomic Habits. Those are more yes. of the business oriented one. And then I have some fine art books. I may have to follow up. I think it's called the Landscape Painter's Workbook. 
is the one that I've loved. Mm -hmm. And that's dipping more into value and composition, which I personally am wanting to strengthen this year. So last Mm -hmm. year, I feel like it was kind of my business year. This Mm -hmm. year, I want to be more of like, let's play and learn. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, see, those are those are the two that have helped me recently. That's awesome. Thinking uh, for the year ahead and maybe beyond, do you have a compelling vision for yourself as an artist? I really want to play this year. So I'm actually in another program right now. It's called the Creative Visionary Program by Nicholas Bolton. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little nervous about it because it, he's an abstract artist, mm-hmm. but I think his whole process is to really get you to dig a little deeper and find out why you enjoy creating mm-hmm. and then to translate that into art. So I I think there could be a shift in my style throughout that program as I explore color, you know, value composition, those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited. And I have all these ideas rolling around in my head. Like after I get through these West Texas scenes, I want to play. Maybe it's not landscapes. Maybe it's a combination of abstract and landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, I think will be a year of play, or at least in the middle mm-hmm. afterwards. And then we'll That's see what fun. happens for fall shows. Yes, yeah. that sounds fun. Okay. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Hmm. Worst advice. Oh gosh. I think what's the worst advice? I think if I've had people reinforce the idea that, you know, to not take a risk, to stay in the safe place, really where your comfort zone is like um, that, because that's not necessarily mean how I've approached life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like certain people, like they get comfortable in their own mm-hmm. little area and that's great for them. But yeah. if they, they try to project that a on me risk tolerance yeah and I yeah. I, okay. I think we you're not you're not totally living if you're not taking at least a little bit of risk every now and then so mm-hmm. yeah interesting and what's the best advice you've received so far as an artist I think you know we're really the only people stopping ourselves from doing things so mm-hmm. if you can let go and embrace and believe and trust then you know the sky's the limit. It really is. I fully believe that. Um, yeah. Start before you're ready because there is no ready. Yes. You just got to do and figure it out as you go. There's no perfect path. You know, in so many businesses, I feel like there are certainly repeatable steps. And that is so t- totally true for the business side of art. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is no, no, per- no one perfect path that everybody has to follow to their version of success. There are some good habits that you can implement. And then depending on what your aspirations are, you follow those. And um, because you become hungry to to do those, right? You either need to create from from that purest artist point of view, or you want to get the work out in front of um, people uh, so that they can connect with that story. So awesome. Exactly. And be patient. I think that's my one... It is okay to not do everything all at once and it is yeah. okay to build it over time. That's yeah. been my largest lesson learned. Yeah. The last- you can't rush time, right? Right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I love it. Well, Candace, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks so much for sharing your story and your journey as an artist. And I, I look forward to maybe catching one of your shows in person th- this spring. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap on this episode of Art Biz Talk with Vivid Creative. Please consider subscribing and sharing our podcast with your art friends. If you want to be interviewed on Art Biz Talk, please submit your application in the show notes.